Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I'm your host. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, and FamilyPetAncestry.com. They all lead to a variety of places where you can listen to the Dork Forest. Uh, I'm Jackie Cation. I'm your host. It is November or December. In November and December, I ask that you do not donate to the Dork Forest. You instead find a local food bank and give them the, either the 10 to to $100 that you were going to give the Dork Forest, because I know you were. Because uh, I have a PayPal button that you can start donating to again in January. But to find a local food bank in your neighborhood, you can go to feedingamerica.org and you can put in your zip code. If you do not live in the United States, you can put in the name of your town and the word food bank and it will come up. You can do that here in the United States as well, oddly enough. Uh, the internet works like that everywhere, it turns out. So do that. Don't donate to the Dork Forest. If you want to support the Dork Forest still in these months, there are ways. You can get stuff for people for the holidays as trinkets, as gifts. You can get T-shirts and CDs and merch over at JackieCation.com at, on the store. There's going to be a new stand-up shirt uh, coming out, and that actually will not benefit me. That'll be a benefit for different charities, I think, is what that's going to be. All of it's available digitally. You know, iTunes and Amazon and Comedy Film Nerds has my DVD as a downloadable video, comedyfilmnerds.com. But if you want hard copies of the DVD of the CDs, you can get them at jackiecation.com. I also have a stand-up comedy T-shirt, my spooky reading girl T-shirts. I have Dork Forest T-shirts and Ranger of the Dork Forest T-shirts. I have hoodies in stock. It is winter. And so if you want a hooded sweatshirt, zip hoodie, I actually have all the sizes in stock. You can email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, to make sure that they are still in stock at any time, of course. Uh, and I will tell you if they are. And if they aren't, it would be back order, and it might be a while. So know in your heart. Other than that, another way to support the show, if you, uh, because you're not donating in November and December, is to continue to use the Amazon banner on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. There is a link uh, to support the show, and all it is is it's a link through to Amazon. And you order normally, like you would from Amazon. The Dork Forest just gets a little bit of a kickback for your order. It doesn't cost you extra at all. You can... Uh, see my calendar, where I'm doing stand-up comedy. You can always follow me on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. The Facebook page is Jackie Cation hyphen Joke Smith. That's my fan page. If you have listened to all 600 and whatever episodes of The Dork Forest and would like more Dork Forest, there are premium episodes, probably a dozen of them. And they are, in the last couple of years, if I do a live episode, it usually costs me some money. So I have been putting them up on Bandcamp, and they cost money. They cost two bucks a pop. But if you go to the thedorkforest.bandcamp.com, you can see those different shows. They're usually live episodes around the world. And there is also a, a four- Four stories on a on a sort of a handmade storytelling album that I made over there too, and those are just a buck each. So if you want to go to Bandcamp, you can do that as well. Oh, why don't I do the the credits? The Dork Forest is not made possible just by me, Jackie Cation. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, by God, and it's going to be great. And Mike Rickberg sang that song you just heard. He composed and sang it with his wife, Sarah Cohen. He will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. And Vilmos fixes JackieCation.com. He, uh, he does the website. Go to allthingscomedy.com and find other podcasts there. I also have another podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show with Lori Kilmartin on the Nerdist Network. Uh, dorks, nerds, we're all in this together. The Jackie and Lori Show is literally... Lori Kilmartin and I discussing and just essentially just going off about stand-up comedy. So if you like stand-up comedy, you might like the Jackie and Lori show over on Nerdist. Anyway, let's get into this show because it's awesome. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm back in my living room. Oh my God, four years in the making. I've been trying to get you on this show for at least four years, Ed Greer. How are you? I'm really great now. Now, now it's happening. <laughs> now it's, it's right, happening. It's right. It's right now. We're surrounded by fire and 
famine and oh, uh, I, I'm smoky. not the first person to say that it's like the the you know the upside down and Stranger Things, not at all. Oh, there you go. But but that is what it is like. It's it, I mean, you're coughing up stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're coughing up weird worms yeah. <laughs> made of ash <laughs> and nastiness. You know, and then there's ash floating around in the air. It really it's, it's a real glimpse in the hell, man. It's a real nice end days kind of touch to the yeah. Whole. End of uh, days kind of touch. I yeah, love that. It's a nice, it's a nice touch with our administration. So anyway, <laughs> uh, the uh, so it's at Ed Greer G R E E R destroys yes. mm-hmm. on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. You have a podcast with Mister Ron Swallow who is doing something. He's been on the show, but it was probably ten years ago. And um, but you guys do Nerd Goat, the yep. Nerd Goat podcast, yep. which I am going to be on after we do this one. Yep. After we knock this out, so it's at Nerd Goat Podcast. It's on iTunes and all the things. I yes, imagine. all the things. And uh, and Ed Greer, what is your dorkdom? Let's. Uh, uh, we. Do, I got the list. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I I really, I really struggled with what my dorkdom was supposed to be because my Venn diagram is weird. Right. You know, because I mean, I, I'm a real basketball dork. I listen to basketball podcasts. I and and it's it's not about. Oh, look at Jordan fly through the air. It's like, well, this guy's PER is this. A PER, I don't Stands even want to Yeah, I don't even want to explain it. It's okay. just <laughs> it's, it's basketball analytics talk to okay. to a dorky degree. And it, and it's about how 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 effective a player is when they are on the court and what sorts of things happen when they're on the court. It's almost like what's their uh, charisma, I oh, guess. Okay. You know, cuz when when they're on the yeah, court, yeah. when they're on the court, certain there are players who don't score that many points or grab that many rebounds or get that many steals. Okay. But when they are on the court different things happen things positive huh. things generally positive things happen so by their mere presence like, like like baseball stats yes it's it's basketball stats getting into the depths of baseball stats but also some sort of emotional kind of thing attached oh to god it. you can hear it in my voice you know what i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. there there's i mean i just i'm a real fan of seeing the the, the seeing the hidden gem Seeing the the potential, I mean, there's this one quote that hit me. Like I, I was probably at the age where quotes really blow your mind. Uh, that's this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I <laughs> yeah. Just read something anyway, but yeah. What was an, an early quote? What was? Well, it, it, it was uh, it was uh, a smart person hits a bullseye that people can see, right? And a genius hits the bullseye on a target nobody even saw. Or, or you know, I'm oh, paraphrasing poorly, right, right. but yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. That that concept of like, I noticed this whole field. Yeah. And slammed it real quick, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. what makes these millionaires of the of the era that I come from with, you know, Napster, oh, all this right. stuff. You just hit that one thing. You go, oh, dude, I'm doing this well before anybody. And I'm and I got it. And it was lucrative. Right. Right. It was the the, the guy who's going to turn avocado toast into something. Right. Right. It's going to be amazing. Or the inventor so. of shrimp toast. I'm going to take these perfectly good, beautiful, succulent shrimp. Chop them up into this weird, weird hash. Yeah. Slab it on toast and, and then charge. Deep fry it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. It's uh, yeah. It's harder with food, even though, uh, because well, I mean, food, food somehow feels more justified than some saying the guy that invented <laughs> the pet rock is a genius. Uh, you know, and yet the guy that invented the pet rock is a genius. Is a genius. <laughs> well, the guy who invented the uh, the uh, what's that? Keep on trucking. Or the smiley face. Any of that right. 70s stuff, those dudes really brought a new... Right. And who knows if they got anything, like if it really was lucrative in the end. Right. Um, I did read a quote one time uh, or it was, I think uh, it was it was in some, it was in a book and it, it I can't remember who said it. Might have been Lois McMaster Bujold, but it was this... Uh, oh, might have uh, been. <laughs> might, might have been this woman with three names who I quote all the time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but she did this thing about... Um, She's uh, it, one of her characters in the book said that to be a genius, you only have to do one thing. You only have to be a genius once to be a genius. Right. And then you're a genius. It's, I mean, because it doesn't strike twice doesn't mean that you weren't a genius. That like way. Harper Lee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and anybody who tries to force a second book out of Harper Lee is the devil. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Harper Lee alone. Yeah. She clearly didn't want to do it. Yeah. And uh, justify your existence, dumb old lady. Exactly. Who is also a genius? It's right. like, come on, what is that about? Let it go. Let right. it go. And uh, you know, and then and then you have to find the flaws in every. You know, like I had someone on talking about. I think it was uh, Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
or it was Roald Dahl. I don't know. Whatever. The, who, who wrote Alice in Wonderland? Oh, remember. oh, uh, uh, Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll. Yeah, I think it was Lewis Carroll. And um, and there was uh, giant reveals that Lewis Carroll, even though he was a pilot in World War II and shot down many German planes, mm. uh, was probably and was an anti-Semite and was kind mm. of a dick. Mm. And you're like, well. Uh, in other news, he's been dead for 40 years, and he <laughs> writes a book that I like. <laughs> right. So, well, yeah. it's, uh, uh, well, in the present climate, uh, you can be considered an underdog for even having that opinion. Right. Well, that's, I mean, you know. You know, right. I mean, because, and Abraham so basically. Lincoln killed a lot of Native Americans. Right. Uh, in other news. Uh, Hamilton, you know, so on and so forth. Exactly. So, uh, what, so I think. So I, you went underdogs. Yeah, I, I think, I think my, my, my geekdom is underdogs. Uh, my dorkdom is underdogs. I really feel like I try to see. And obviously, uh, I, I, as I put in the email, I think it gets confused for contrarianism sometimes. Oh, like you're just trying to button push or you're just trying to be cool or. Well, yeah, well you know, th- this kind of for the lulls culture that we've endured for like the past 15 years or so. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? This yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I just said, I just said that stuff about Jews because, you know, that's funny. I, I used to, I used to oh, do this I thing in my act. Racism? Dude, yeah. I, I used to do this thing in my act. I would, I would, I would reach this weird pause that I would create. Yes. And I would go, and I would <laughs> go, I would uh, so, uh, Jews, right? And the uncomfortableness of that would get a huge laugh a yeah. lot of the time yeah. because they, they, obviously they did, they didn't they knew what I was doing. I didn't expect me to go off on an anti-Semitic screed. Yes, they expected me to you know be like ha ah, that's horrible and right. then and then do something vastly more uh, comfortable. Yes. and thus get some laughs off the fact that I spared them that or that I right. recognized how <laughs> fucked up that would be to, for me to do. How that. great is it when you're being beaten to have to no longer be beaten? Yeah, uh, at <laughs> right. the end of it, someone stopped hitting you. Right. Excellent. Ah, oh, I'm just a relief. E- exactly. <laughs> and and I, and now now I realize how like I mean even though that was an innocuous version of it, I have always been. Uh, a hater, as it were, of uh, ironic racism of any stripe. Right. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just seeing myself kind of use it to for for my devices because, of course, yeah. uh, people may not hear about my voice. So I'm black, and uh, I have you, are a, a black you know. Man. So I would have the carte blanche to just sort of be like, "Hey, yeah, you know, you know what I got? Instead of forty acres and a mule, the ability to say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could be on that train. Milk that you could milk. Right. Yeah, and well, and I and I. You know, I was just talking with uh, Doug Stanhope, and it was uh, he has this he has this weird like desire. He was talking about him being a button pusher, and mm-hmm. and how sometimes he just he wants to say something, so he will write a joke around it because there's mm-hmm. a horrible thing that he wants to say. And I'm like, well, that is button pushing, but there's usually the thing that makes him attractive as a comic to me mm-hmm. is that there's. Uh, Almost, I would say, a good 85, 90% of the time, there was never any malice. Right. Well, I mean, do, but you're t- to, in the theme, uh, everybody of my generation was straight blowing Chris Rock. I love Chris Rock. He's great. Yeah. But everybody in my generation was blowing Chris Rock, uh, blowing like, uh, uh, who was the other guy? I guess Bill Burr. Everybody blows Bill Burr to this day. Sure. And, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm just saying I was no, they're always both very gifted. Yeah, both Who very, cares? very gifted. And, and Louis C.K. Right. Uh, they were blowing all these guys. And I was steadfastly like Stanhope and Patrice. Oh, okay. And those guys tell the truth and I love them. Yeah. And the rest of these guys are, are button pushers, pretenders, people yeah. who are just kind of saying stuff. Patrice would literally go into a room of 500 women and say the most non- woman right. stuff and and he would try to you know use his charisma to get it over and a lot of times it would work and sometimes it wouldn't he he pushed the envelope but that was really him you can't say he was just he thought that that was a cool gimmick that would make him succeed no no because but, you know right well yeah well i there's there's button pushing for me anyway there's button pushing for the point of just of of not being successful you know i mean mm-hmm. and that i think to some extent is what patrice and yeah. doug do yeah they're they're like I don't care if I'm successful. I actually just want to see your reaction when mm-hmm. I say something horrible about right. women or whatever. Right. And Doug says that one of his things that he collects right now are racist and sexist signs, like real ones. Yeah, real, from real yeah, places. From like real just places. Snatch it's them. like, don't use the water fountain and and, right. and, and go get me a sandwich or whatever. Right, you know? right, I mean, right. This kind of nonsense. Well, I mean, there there is sort of this, uh, a commemorative nature to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
commemorative racism and sexism. Oh my God. Why didn't he name his book commemorative racism and sexism? I don't know. I'll take 10%. Exactly. Just a taste off the top. That is funny. Uh, um, but yeah, so, so basically my thing of, uh, you know, the underdog was always uh, rooted in Maybe it was something I felt uh, about myself or whatever. You know, uh, good job, Dime Store Freud. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, so, but, but in reality, I think it was also like trying to trumpet my own intelligence too, because like I, w- I, I would see the shift and I, I wasn't any sort of jumper. Like in, in sports terms, I remember I was, I was a Lakers fan when they had, and this will age me, but uh, when I was when I was a kid, they had this guy Nick Van Exel who was like just barely he, he was he was little and weird looking, and he and he was just so sick with the ball though. Okay, liked him, liked this mediocre guy named George George Lynch. I don't I don't even remember why I liked him, but at yeah. that age, I was just like college players were grown ups to me, so I was yep. like George Lynch is good, and he's That's on a good guy. team. Yeah. That's my guy. So these guys both went to the Lakers. Then a guy named Anthony Peeler who played for the Missouri uh, Tigers, uh, it's okay. college team, went to the Lakers. So that year they had three or four people and Eddie Jones, uh, 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 unheralded player. And so I was just like, look at all these, these bums all together. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. yeah. And that was my team forever. And th- okay. And then they fucked around and got Kobe and Shaq and got super good. And I didn't like it anymore on some level. I, I, I really, I really kind of, that was my contrarianism phase or whatever. Right. But I felt there was a year where they got. Carl Malone, who's a who's a super all time player, right. uh, Gary Payton, who's a super all time player, and Kobe and Shaq and all these guys. And I looked at that team and I said, "There's too many of these super good players on this team. Right. They're gonna fucking lose. There's the, there's an intangible that is lost right. when there's too many when there's too many good players. When it's the Avengers rather than the Defenders. Right. Ah, uh, there you go. You know. And and I was just like, dude, fuck these guys. And I jumped ship. And I was in a relationship at the time with this girl. And her parents were super Laker fans. And that was one of the things that bonded us. I was going to marry this girl. <laughs> I was sitting on their couch watching the NBA finals in like 2004 or whatever. And I'm looking at the team. And I'm like, fuck these guys. I hate them. I'm, and this whole Laker crowd. And I'm rooting for the Pistons so hard because I had liked uh, Rasheed Wallace. Okay. Who was labeled a thug and cast off to like Portland to just right. play in yeah. obscurity. And he and Scottie Pippen, who was cast away from the bulls right you see a theme here uh right. got together and formed this pirate ship of these bonzi wells there was a guy named bonzi wells <laughs> on the team and they're just all these crummy guys were all together in this pirate ship of uh, you know uh, what's what's that shit uh, island of misfit toys or whatever oh, yeah, yeah. They, they and they and they got so good that they challenged the lakers but they lost that year because Kobe and Shaq were just too great. Right. And so I, 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 to, to commemorate Rashid Wallace's memory, I loved him and I latched onto him and he finally got traded to the Pistons and the Pistons had a guy named Chauncey Billups who had been on eight teams in nine years. Okay. This guy finally latches on at their go-to guy on, yep. as a point guard. Rashid Wallace gets traded there. Ben Wallace, who was a 6'8 center. 6'8 is tiny for a center in this era we're talking about. Okay. And he's just beating the shit out of everybody's shots. He's just so great. He's just this little guy who's just yeah. fucking manhandling Shaq. And just, it's so awesome. Yeah. And this just, again, this island of little dudes who, who weren't quite good enough. Formed right. together to be to have all the intangibles that I love, and they beat the super Lakers team that had every that, superstar on it. Right, right. And that just vindicated my whole fucking point of view, and I, <laughs> and I knew it. I jumped off as soon as I saw them get Carl Malone. I was like, "Fuck Carl Malone! I don't like Carl Malone. Right. He's a bitch. He 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 didn't. Uh, I don't want to. No, he's a jerk." Because okay. I don't want to ascribe, you know, weak right. tendencies to women. But right. the bottom line is he jumped ship. I will shut you down. <laughs> he jumped a- ship to try to get a championship in his waning years. And I, I couldn't reward that. That was something about this. That right. I couldn't reward. And well, I just said, this fuck is him. classic. This, I think this is a classic nerd dork thing where you're just like, <laughs> no, I want the Bad News Bears. Yes. I want the Bad News Bears to win. I want mm-hmm. Hoosiers to win. Yep. I want Shawshank Redemption. I want that guy to get out. Mm-hmm. I want something to happen. Although in my case, although in my case, honestly, when I watch when I watch Hoosiers, I'm just like, guys, if you just play with a tiny bit more fundamentals, you are so physically (laughs) superior to these white boys. You could win and get your mother out of the hood or whatever. Don't lose to these fundamental white boys. Just play with a little bit more. Just a fundamentals. Yes, yes. just a little bit more fundamentals. You're so physically superior. (laughs) Please, I wish I could have coached them in that moment. Have you ever thought about coaching? Oh, you know what, I, I. those who can't teach and those who really can't coach. So I, I, I get it. But um, 
I, I really feel like uh, I'd, I'd like to put my talents towards like, look at this unheralded show I'm trying to sell. <laughs> you know, I think I'd rather sell my shows in, oh, the right, way that right. I, in the way that I sell the bad news bears culture. I'm trying to. Oh, fair enough. You, but it's, yeah. um, but yeah. you know, I, I, I think it'd be fun, but I just, I just really feel like my dork. I'm like, I like, I like Star Trek Voyager. It's my favorite Star Trek out of all the, all the Star all Treks. All the Star Treks. I loved Voyager, but then uh, there was a woman. It was, yeah, it was Voyager. There was a there was a woman captain and a Native American uh, second with a tattoo on his face with a tattoo on his face, look, making him look all <laughs> handsome. And uh, I love that show. Chicote, Ch- I know some girls who know that Chicote. They say uh, Chicote could get it. I think that's the term. That's uh, oh yeah, Chicote was uh, yeah that guy. That guy had action. It's uh, yeah. I think uh, so. Wait, you liked it the best because of why? I think I can tell you why I like it, but why do you? Why, okay, why? Star Trek Voyager is is it's not even kind of close, except for this new discovery, which, which I'm I telling had you, a chance to see. But. No one on your channel would say this, but if there was somebody who stumbled upon this on accident, some alt writer, and they was like, "This is the most beta cuck I've ever heard in my life." He just loves a bunch of chick centric garbage, like like because I love Voyager because it was it was so female centric, and I love this new Star Trek Discovery because it is so female centric. Right. No spoilers, but just the character, uh, the main character in Star Trek Discovery this time isn't a captain, so they don't get to make all the decisions, but they're really pivotal. They have a really pivotal role, and again, why would I? How many episodes are there? I, um, I, there's like ten. Some, They're on the mid season. Like you can, and you can get the you can get the freaking pass and just slam them yeah. in one weekend. Yeah, just yeah. get the season pass or whatever. I mean, get like a the little trial and yeah. just boom right through them. Right, right. And you know, but, should have done it, but not, and still could do it. Yeah, but I don't watch anything. So, but but, but so so with with Voyager, it's just that uh, number one, they're the first Star Trek fools that are by themselves. Yeah. They're by themselves. They don't get to just, oh, well, you know, a bunch of dudes at Warp go, 9 are going to show up and smack up these Klingons. Nope. Nobody's nope. coming to help you. <laughs> right. And, that's and they, what, see, that's what I love about it. I mm-hmm. love that it's a real it's a real voyage. It's a real yes. Star Trek voyage out in the middle of, you don't know where you are. You don't know what's coming at you. Mm-hmm. And it was... and. There were some dumb episodes, but of course there were, du- there were dumb episodes of every Star Trek I, I've ever loved. The du- the dumb episodes <laughs> of Voyager are are highlighted because of a there was this this weird non chemistry to the cast for roughly four seasons. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they were a little wooden. Yeah, there was yeah, some, were... there was some lumpiness and some woodenness and a little bit of a lack of funds you could see for certain things they were oh, trying right, to right. do. Yeah, you know, I, there was a little you know cardboard walls. Uh, yeah. Uh, symptoms to it, but all of them had that. But like that one, you could see it a little bit more sometimes. But I really felt like uh, Janeway proved herself to be a more physically capable captain than anybody, but maybe Kirk or something. And I'm not some super Star Trek episode expert. Right. I don't really watch the old super old show, which would, would kind of make me sound like a jerk. But well, uh, no, no, but there's it's safe space, man. Yeah, do, yeah. Do, do, do whatever <laughs> you I, want. There man. was an episode it's where a... she literally had to go down to the warp core and like handle it with her hands right. to do something, and she like she like died. And I yes. was like, dude, I've never seen Picard do no shit like that. I've never seen none of these super yep. macho guys do any no shit like that. She went down there and handled it. It was an engineering problem yep. and a problem for the captain to sacrifice themselves, hoist themselves on the open tar. Right. And she did that shit. Yeah. She didn't trick her way out of it. She did it. And she right. happened to survive because it's the goddamn show. Right. But, it's a TV show. And <laughs> right. uh, yeah, they have magic. You know. So it's fine. Exactly. But, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it was definitely people. Th- Trek people's Trekkies, which uh, I believe ages me. Uh, <laughs> the uh, they yeah they don't like that show. They and then there's like there's the ones the underdog people that sometimes love Deep Space Nine a lot. Yes, yes, and yeah. I like Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, some people didn't like it. Uh, they didn't like it so much until they got the bullet. You know, they got right. that, that ship that they could go off and go do. Uh, it, so on. it could become a Star Trek a Star show Trek. for yeah, fuck's sake. Yeah, it was a Trek. <laughs> Dude, that, that shit happen. was Hill Street Blues with phasers for like six years. Right. And I didn't mind it. I, <laughs> right. You know, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let's, mm-hmm. And then and I went to the Hilton in Vegas. I went to Quark's <laughs> Cafe. I know what's <laughs> happening. Cafe. And uh, so it's uh, I bought the 50 Rules of Ferengi uh, Commerce. I know what the hell's happening. But as far as, and this is, uh, I, I don't know, This since this is such a safe space, um, 
what was the deal with the com the combinationing of races that they did in Star Trek? Like they would say, like like you would say that Klingons are kind of like black people and Latinos, maybe. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, there the, was definitely there. There were they created tropes for sure yeah. for but everybody. But like the Ferengi seem to be what you would think of as Muslim culture, but what you would also think of as so-called really anti-Semitic, yeah, Semitic, yeah. Was, you know, uh, you know, situation. I always thought it was Armenian. Just see, because well, see, they, but, I, I'm Armenian. But see, there you go. But it's kind of like the combination <laughs> and come, right, of and what, I come you know. from this sales background. And, right. And uh, and then my Jewish friends think that it's the Jews. Right. And uh, I'm sure the Arabs think it's the, 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 the Arabs. the covering and, situation. Right. Is you're like, just like, no, it turns out the Scottish are thrifty. Calm down. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, there's like, it's. Well, dude, people, I mean, everybody's thrifty when you don't have any money. Exactly. And it, like, they're, they're like, the Irish are drunks. And I was like, have you ever ever been around russians (laughs) i mean what are you nuts exactly it turns out humans love booze right right Uh, look at that thug with that 40 ounce you know that 40 ounce of (laughs) oduls right that's i mean it's just a human thing but that every and everybody gets all tribal about it you're like that's fine right do whatever you need to do oh i know what i meant was mickey's but anyway same thing same thing mickey's for christ's sake right and you you ever see the harry potter you know the harry potter goblins Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the there was an outcry that the, they looked super <laughs> Jewish, and you're like, I know what you're saying, and I'm not saying you're wrong because that is uh, some stereotypical bullshit. Going but it's on. it's the same trap you fall into when you see like uh, LeBron James holding a white woman and a basketball, and then you see that and then you see that cover juxtaposed with a picture of King Kong holding the woman, and it's right. the exact same pose with the mouth open. It's it's literally the same. He was directed to into this pose. As some sort of, it's it looks the exact right. same. It's framed but the exact same. He's got the, the same for hand. Black Panther. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> that God. looks like something else. Yes. And that's yes. Awesome. Exa- exactly. That looks like the Black Panther. But see, that's what yeah. I'm saying. The 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 the, uh, the iconography, the the, cha- the taking of the iconography. That's yeah. another underdog thing that I think is cool. Is just like yeah, if you can repurpose something, I've always liked hip hop because it's like it's a classic underdog story. They say the story of hip hop is there was a big ass uh, 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 blackout. In the 70s, and a bunch of motherfuckers raided a bunch of stores and got a bunch of shit they could never afford, like NPC beat machines and turntables and shit. Right. And once they had these things, this whole giant, it, it, it was just the reason oh, why. Did it come from the blackout? Yeah. Supposedly, like when. when yeah, old supposedly New York, a, bi- a big part of it comes from the blackout because. I saw Barney the- Miller. There was a big. Uh, was <laughs> exactly. an episode of Barney Miller. There was a big blackout in the 70s. And, we'll see. and uh, I, I'm New more York. of a fan of uh, Barney Miller than a lot of other more popular cop shows. <laughs> <laughs> Just free to read it. Pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's on this TV all the time. Uh, this TV, yeah, I love it's, uh, it. We have rabbit ears. <laughs> oh, so, dude. Yeah. Well, I I had them until recently. I broke them <laughs> on oh, accident. Right, right. Of course. Yeah, because I love the opportunity to watch what what I would watch if I was sixty and and, and a stay at home person. That's it. What and we have a we have a TiVo to record. And we got, <laughs> That's and, awesome. Yeah, and we got Hulu and HBO Go. Well, I like. The, is this like and, a receiver? Uh yes situation yeah I like that yeah, my dad had the, the you know the four whatever. my dad showed me uh, he came in the like in like nineteen like eighty nine he pulled up in a van with an equalizer in it and yes. blew my mind <laughs> blew my mind my dad's from the future he's got a fucking equalizer he can make the twang sound better in his country music. <laughs> My dad listened to country music and blues music, mostly blues music, but he right. would occasionally throw on some Johnny Cash or something. Sure, it's um, uh, who wouldn't? Who's but, made of stone? But yeah, as far as superheroes, I, what I w- what I really liked was all the dudes who couldn't do anything. My favorite, and I think I might have talked about it on our podcast, but my favorite people were like, which by the way is called Nerd Goat Podcast. And yeah. I'm talking with Ed Greer. <laughs> my favorite thing was like this panel and a Fantastic Four comic. Everybody in the world was fighting Galactus or some big person. <laughs> they were just all jumping on him, and it was sure. just a big hullabaloo, and there's a bunch of drawing from John Byrne. And he draws Spider-Man and Daredevil sitting on the, sitting on the edge of a roof, just kind of looking at it, <laughs> like, like you or I would look at it. Because right. they're just like, dude... You could flip and you're blind stuff, and I could shoot the webs. But uh, really, they're having this it's, cosmic battle, so we should just chill out real it's quick. Galactus, right? Uh, I'm not gonna throw my billy club at him, right? It's uh, it's uh, one of my one of my most hated panels of all times of all times. Uh, it's a cover actually of an Avengers comic, and I'm not. I, I don't think I'm dorky enough to remember the exact number, but it's in. The like new Avengers line with when uh, Mike Diodato Jr. was drawing it, and like Brian Michael Bendis was probably writing it, and. Daredevil is pushing the Hulk's son 
the Hulk's super Hulk uh, son pushing his chest while the other Avengers grab his arms and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Daredevil? That's never, <laughs> what that's are you not, doing? Yeah, that's not how you beat any Hulk. <laughs> yeah. That you don't push a Hulk to death. <laughs> that's not how that, that goes. I'm going to shove you, Hulk. <laughs> it's, uh, I have um I have Bendis issues, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I, I didn't like like I said I wasn't reading it at the time, but I was in a store, yeah. uh, you know, hanging out at Meltdown, you know, as we yeah. do, and I was just looking at it. I was like, who drew this? It's the same <laughs> thing. I, I saw this one thing. It was like the the Red Skull or somebody had killed all the superheroes, yeah, and he had mounted all their trophies. So he had like Iron Man's head and uh, Iron Man's head and Captain America's shield. shield and Thor's fucking hammer on a hook on a wall. <laughs> what? <laughs> who put there hell yeah so so that that type of stuff always has always bothered me so that's the trying to be intellectual in me i guess it's like i'm making up these rules for this fantasy world well and the thing is 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 that's i mean that's a deep dorkdom thing is because there there's continuity issues i mean there oh, are yeah. rules certainly that we didn't make them we're just following them yes you know yes you want to change the rules that's fine yeah just announce wanna, it make write yes, a story where you change story. the rules it's but, not the cosmic cube it's the tesseract and it's right. part of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. Okay, now I know. <laughs> I did not know before. Thank you for alerting me. It's, it's almost like we're like we feel like we're this team. It's like, dude, you ran a play, and I didn't. You didn't tell me. Yeah, yeah. I was in the wrong area of the field, getting my ass I, kicked, yeah. and I, <laughs> I. I was supposed to get new sides. Yeah. Did I not get the new the new script? Was there a new script that came and I didn't get it? Uh, Just like, give it to me. I'll dude, do whatever you want. You, you clapped me out of my my own improv scene, and then you went off on this weird <laughs> thing about a stop. No. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what do you love about Daredevil? Is is the fact that uh, he's just it, he, he's got Ninja Turtle powers and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's the fact that like even at his greatest and his heights, he still has a major disability. <laughs> um, you know, like no it's matter true. you know, no matter how 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 good he gets at everything, he still got this oh, major radar. thing. But yeah. but 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 in, in the thing that's wrong, so called wrong with him, is is the thing that makes everything right with him. And and I love the fact that there's a there's Frank there's a Frank Miller issue where Frank Miller uh, uh, has Stick his mentor tell him, "Do you really think radiation made your brain expand like this?" And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Right? Radiation fucked your eyes up. I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah. But it didn't give you all this dope shit. Yeah. You thinking and learning and me telling you a bunch of dope shit and right. your own inner dopeness." made that happen <laughs> right you right. know what i mean you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not an accident asshole right you're supposed to be here you're supposed to be this thing and i'm just like oh man that's so awesome and trust me i hate destiny stories i hate anything that has a destiny um uh, oh, component the, the one of... the destiny blah blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. but for some reason frank miller got over the concept that daredevil was always meant to be in this war between the cha- between the chaste and these the, these ninjas called the hand, right. he was always supposed to be, and he was either supposed to be a pawn on one of the sides, mm-hmm. or if he was trained up enough, he could be a rook or a bishop or something in this right. in this battle. But he was always supposed to be part of it because he's one of these adepts. But okay. but and, and certain you know things happen that. To, but the bottom line is, it was Stick's responsibility to get him up to snuff. He I would have been just a pickup his, artist or something. I forgot that his that his mentor's name was Stick. Yeah, because the Ninja Turtles, it was Splinter. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, the, the Ninja the Ninja Turtles. It's so funny that like, and that's a, such a great thing about the Ninja Turtles is them looking at Daredevil's mythos and putting themselves in there. Like like uh, they they posit that uh yeah the guy who was a uh, pushing the old man who made the ooze fall on him was was daredevil it was, it's right. so cool and it's stick splinter yeah for the foot clan uh right, is, 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 a, is a is a parody of the hand yes yeah it's so it's that's so cool but uh I, I just really feel like he's and he's also a dude who's like i mean he jumps around he was like a parkour guy before yeah. parkour yes he's a, he's a ninja he does parkour mm-hmm. and he's also one of the last um white kung fu people i'll, I'll ever have to I'll ever, I'll ever stand, right? You know, or be able to stand, right? And he got in ground floor, ground floor, ground floor, ground yes. floor. Ninja culture was not sweeping the nation <laughs> by any means with Frank Miller. It, but that's again, that's that's another thing I'm I'm so into. I'm I'm into being first, like every good hipster, right? But I'm also into the people that that come first and they change the game in a way that makes it 
makes everything else make sense. The fact that Wally Wood and all those guys did a great bunch of stories about a swashbuckler who swung around, but all the skills he'd have to have need to have a little bit more regimentation. And right. I think and him more throwing training. The, yeah, him yeah. throwing the ninja thing in there was perfect, especially for the time. So as, you, as an early adopter, right, right. As did you, you are. read the, the Peter David? Did you read the Peter David uh, Daredevil? Ever? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. I, I mostly I'm an Anna Senti, uh, 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 Frank Miller uh, okay. person, more well, or less. It um, the, for some reason Andy's been reading Daredevil since the 80s, hmm. and uh, I tend to read what he reads right. because he's purchased them, right. and so and so that's what I've always read, and so now I have. I have some canon, but it doesn't go back before 2003. And and mm. the stacks of things that he's handed. Yeah, me. yeah. He's like, oh, you should definitely read this. Well, just and- I, I, I I like him, and I like the Punisher because to me they're they're much like much like people say that Punisher is what Batman would be if he didn't have money. That applies exactly to Daredevil as well. They're they're right. different interpretations of the type of crime fighter you would be if you didn't have a billion fucking dollars. Right. One of my favorite. Uh, uh, I had uh, Dash Kwiatkowski. I don't know if you know. It's a comic mm. out of San Francisco, and he was on, and he he likes Superman better than Batman. And one of the things he said that I thought was very profound. He said, "You mm. know, Batman could have changed the the scape the landscape of Gotham if he had just opened two factories. Right. And then he could have employed all of the henchmen." Right. Instead, he wanted to buy every toy in the world and blow shit up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but Daredevil and Punisher, you know, I've never been able to, I play Punisher on my Marvel Puzzle Quest, but uh, <laughs> I don't ever, I haven't read any Punisher because I'm not huge. I don't like revenge porn. Right. Is it not revenge porn? Well, okay. This, this. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to do this, Jackie. I, I, you know what? Because some of these things are things that you just you find yourself you find yourself like boring your loved ones, or <laughs> this or is, uh, harming this is the place, yeah, or harming your relationships in some way by these screeds. I have I have one more after this, but okay, this is the thing. Uh, the Punisher. There was a thing called the called Punisher Born. Okay, and it's and, and it's Garth Ennis doing his best work on the Punisher. Oh, I love uh, Garth Ennis. Though. Yeah, Garth Ennis basically posits that there was a time in Vietnam where Frank Castle started realizing that there was a darkness inside of him. Yeah. And he basically was running into some shit in war. It was a Vietnam war, not damn Iraq, right. not none of this bullshit. The Punisher comes from Vietnam. If you <laughs> right. want to do a fucking Punisher story, set it in the seventies or the eighties and shut the fuck up. This concept of them always trying to run it into the fucking future yeah. is pissing me off. The Punisher don't fight the goddamn CIA okay. or, unless it's over in Laos or something. Cause he's shooting the <laughs> CIA and, and then right. maybe they some, of those, bring heroin over. some of that anyway, shit. Yeah. yeah. That sort of thing and if that's the case fine you would like you would like it to be period and oh my god it, keep it there it, anyway it needs to be that because in the 70s and in, in vietnam it was, a, it was a it was a perfect sort of thing to create somebody like him in his war experiences he ran into co's like commanding officers who would yep. lead his people into into doom and death yep and he engineered a couple deaths he engineered uh, one of his co's to yeah to get oh. killed so that it oh, was spare the fire men. business. Yeah. yeah. So, and and, and no, he, he set him up to get killed by the enemy. But right. the bottom line is he set the dude up and then led the people capably out of that situation and yeah. saved people, you know, and he survived this big giant firefight. Everybody died except him. And, and Garth Ennis kind of pauses that during that time, he made almost a deal that just get me out of this, get me back to my family mm-hmm. and I'll do anything. Right. I'll just get me out of here. And some dark thing maybe gave him the, the so he got him in the zone. He right. ended up killing like 40 people single handedly and got out of there, got back to his family. And whatever that thing was, Faustian like yeah. took his family. Uh, and now that dark thing in, in him that, that was making him bored when his wife was talking, not regular bored. Like I want to watch football, like bored, like, I gotta have my hands around a neck. I gotta be breaking something. I gotta be fucking something up. I gotta, I gotta do just something. Fury, just some just sort this, of rage. This, this yeah. inner rage that was going to eventually probably harm his family, uh, but he never got a chance to see whether he could have gotten over it because he was just spaced out and weird. And then they died, and then there was no barrier between that dark thing inside him and the world. Right. And he chose at least to focus that on who he thought were wrongdoers. Okay, and to me that makes it it more. It's it's greater mythos than just revenge porn. Yeah, it's greater than just oh I like to torture people and so th- that that's right. a misconception about the character that's been frankly the common perception of the character throughout yeah. throughout time is that this is more violent the more grisly stories. But the stories I like is when he stops like slavers. The stories I like 
or when he he stops uh, uh, corporate people from taking people's pensions and stuff. Right. Like he does that in the stories that I like. He's not going over it's smacking more of a up. leverage. Yeah. Kind of. You right. Know? It's a yeah. Robin Hoody kind of thing. Well, it's yeah, yeah. Except for Jack Reacher, like uh, he just kills them. So <laughs> right. it's, it's Deadpool, but doing it, doing it right. for good for a minute. Right. Exactly. And it's, uh, that's th- interesting. Yeah. So, and I'm also just a uh, uh, last thing. I'm a fight nerd. I guess movie fight nerd. Okay, and, and like part of what I hate about the Christopher Nolan Batman's, I'm one of those people who don't like them. Okay, and I just hate the ladies' self defense class fighting that Batman does in all three of those movies. <laughs> I <laughs> which really I don't, hate I it. don't even, uh, I, I can't remember. I only saw the first one, <laughs> uh, which was the best one, and that's also a minority opinion. Well, um, yeah, I think uh, I liked it the best. It they got just it got too dark for me, you know. Like I yes. saw the first season of Daredevil, mm-hmm. and the Kingpin literally freaked me the fuck out. And I was like, <laughs> "I'm good, D'Onofrio. You're nailing this, and I'm okay not seeing any more of this." Right. And I didn't watch the second Godfather movie. Right. Uh, at the end of the first Godfather movie, when I was like. This isn't going to end well. These are not no. good people. Uh, I already know. Like, I don't watch reality television either. Well, just think, think what would have happened if, if we all stopped watching The Matrix after the first one. Oh, we, we would. That would be psyched. We'd be so psyched. That- I only I saw the second one, but then I didn't see the third one. Same with uh, uh, this is where this is where it falls apart. I saw the first two prequels of Star Wars. Did not see the third <laughs> because I understand the third was the best of them. <laughs> And uh, well, sometimes but, you pull out too early. Well, that's what I'm, I'm told. Uh, but uh, better <laughs> safe than sorry is what I always say. And uh, did you ever read the Thanos origin story? I think Mark Wade wrote it. Um, uh, it was great. You, you know what? I think my his his seeking of such power and the fact that he gets it so often puts him out of my my underdog guy radar. Oh yeah, but I bet he does have a, a humble beginning. You know sort what? Of tale. He's actually. He doesn't fit with your underdog thing because he was born into this royalty, but he was a weirdo looking. Like he didn't yeah, look like he looked weird. Else. But he but see that that does though. Yeah, because he he wasn't the beauty one, right? There was right. another one. But there was the the crazy thing about it was that it's literally a story of his insanity from when he was about seven. Wow! And so that's like why it was that. fascinating. I'd like to read because that. it was just like. No, no, you're you're right to fear this guy because he's nuts. Anyway, yeah. uh, well, that, but that's so. what that, I was. I was at a screenwriting convention. I shit you not. It was right after the prequels came out. I was in Austin, Texas, at I think the Austin Film Festival or something. Right. And I was talking to a guy, and this guy said, "You know what's messed up about this stupid ass prequel movie? You know what sucks? <laughs> what? You remember that scene?" Where the the there's a speeder race and the guy with the fucking feet for hands he's he's, he's riding with the yeah. with the kid he's trying to smash the kid into the wall whatever the fuck oh, why, the pod race. Yeah, yeah the pod race why didn't uh the little kid when the dude's trying to run him off the road the little kid just looks at him he looks at the other pod and like a bolt flies off that guy's pod mm-hmm. just instantly just like just as a reaction to whatever look this kid gives him a bolt comes off and then another piece and another piece and it's crippled for some reason it slams to the wall and he kills that guy yeah. and the kid's like fuck but he finishes the pod race if that happened that movie would be 150 percent better right because it would show you that there was there's an innate force ability in him yep. and that he cannot control it and it is and the dark part of it is and, what he taps into easily and, a, and naturally and part of him is psycho exactly yeah. and that would make that 150 percent better yeah, that and i was just blown it. away i was like this guy's a genius yeah and i, I don't even know his name right but well, the, that's the wisdom of the crowd dude that's the wisdom of the crowd because that dude was absolutely so. right yeah he's not wrong it's uh sometimes you see something and you're like Oh, what, why did they, 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 just a small twitch, mm-hmm. you know, like when G- Gamora walks into the, the prison with the guardians yes. uh, in the first guardians movie. And for some reason she's unsure of herself. And I just wanted to go, no, no, she's fucking Rorschach. Right. They're, they're in there with her. She was right. raised by Thanos. She's a nutbag. Right. And they had to soften her and they had to make it. And so there was a, you know, there was, and there was less sexism overt kind of weird sexism in the second movie except for that it bled off of gamora was tough and cool right but they put it onto mantis yeah. and uh, mantis had to be called ugly for an hour and a half and then i looked at that <laughs> actress and i was like jesus god she's one of the yeah. world's most perfect looking human beings on the yeah planet. she's she's quite symmetrical that one yeah yeah that's a that's a pretty even looking lady who probably does some sit-ups <laughs> even <That's> a, <laughs> 
Just both the sides of her face are pretty symmetrical. <laughs> but, uh, well, I th- I, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I thought you were going to say after the first prequel that you had seen um, – Ernie Klein, who wrote that uh, that documentary about the guy, the kid with cancer, who needed to see the prequel. No, yeah. Oh my gosh, such a disappointment in retrospect when you think about that. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even. Anyway, but he like, wrote Ready Player One too, which is uh, well. I mean, uh, and people are unnecessarily somewhere. maligning that movie. I've seen the trailer, and that's another thing. I don't watch trailers. I guess. I guess. I guess it's sounding more and more like my thing is contrarianism because I, I really hate. I hate. <laughs> I went off on I went off on one of my friends. He was like, "Well, there's just things you like, and then there's mm-hmm. things that that you think are glaringly not fitting in with the things that you like, and don't allow me to enjoy them as much. Like right. like this whole concept. You might want to learn to let go of that. That's, I know, but it's it's so hard. It's yeah. so hard. It's so <laughs> and hard. There is some joy in like scrabbling around inside their brain box, going, "Well, that's actually like me picking the the thing about Gamora. That doesn't have that, right. It shouldn't have affected my enjoyment of that movie anyway. Oh, but, but it's just like." me watch it like you said you didn't even really i mean in batman begins they they got around the fact that he couldn't move in the suit by making everybody just get yanked off camera like a freaking like a, like a <laughs> korean ghost movie or something <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> ghosts yeah people are, people are just getting yanked in the closets and shit and that's the action and, and and that was pretty cool because it emphasized the fact that batman is an idea batman is not hither or thither Batman is everywhere, you know, <laughs> right. and that that's the whole point of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but but when it really comes down to it, in the second and third movie, he would just walk up to guys who had automatic weapons and start beating the shit out of one guy, while the other guys with automatic weapons would just sort of watch, t- t- right. t- take it in, you know, take their turn. Yeah, take their turn. Yeah. All right, hmm. this, oh, we're doing this one at a time. Oh, oh. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's, that's a classic not- bit. You know, people talk about that, but I'm saying, okay, some hack did a bit about that and about in like 1985 or something and we still haven't fixed it in actual movies right what the hell what the hell what is the purpose of stand-up comedy if it's not to point out the glaring disappointments that's the best thing about doug 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 on one of his albums he goes like i wrote a bit about overpopulation a while ago and nobody did anything about it i wrote this perfect bit about why we shouldn't right what the fuck why right. am i doing this right. and that it's perfect hubristic statement icarus like statement <laughs> that i love you know yeah. from yeah. an underdog i love icarus like statements from an underdog <laughs> right well it was supposed to fix things i mean yeah you know i mean and and but i would i would posit that stand-up comedy does because some of my favorite people are comedy club audiences yeah and it's for one of the dumbest reasons in the fact that they've done no research (laughs) they have just shown up to see comedy in quotes right and so whether they're watching me with my crystal clutching hippie skippiness (laughs) or they're watching nick DiPaolo talk about uh how everybody should be buried head first in the sand and their feet painted with honeys and ants released upon them right uh they sit there and watch it and go no, this isn't for me, but oh, that was kind of funny. Right. And then they leave going, oh, that was stand-up comedy. And when they, you know, and I would appreciate, actually, if they did a little bit of research. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the buffet approach, when Is we're it- thinking of it as food service, they think of it as entertainment food service. They're- You're a pork chop. I mean, I don't know, but oh, yeah, is that, every pork <laughs> chop is a pork chop. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fucking short rib or something fatty. You know? well, yeah, no worries, don't worry. It's a, but the. But they're, I mean, literally just YouTube Google and you will not accidentally see, you know, uh, Gabriel Iglesias when you wanted to see Martha Kelly. Right. You know, I mean, it was, you want to see one-liners. Martha, that's not Martha Kelly. I (laughs) fucking love Martha Kelly. (laughs) Love, love, love Martha Kelly. No reason not to. I went to, uh, I went to uh, 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 a screening, not a screening, uh, a taping of This Is Not Happening. Okay. And she was telling this this beautiful story. I won't ruin it for anybody who wants to watch her episode. But she's telling this beautiful story with such beautiful timing. And there are sections where you're just supposed to listen. But this guy behind me was like, hi, or like really keyed into her, what be- the beauty of what she was doing yeah. on some level that the rest of us couldn't resonate with or something. Sure. And he was like laughing through her setups in a way that was almost fucking her up. Yeah. And it was so rude and fucked up. But at the same time, I kind of like, this guy was having the time of his life. It's hard to he shut down. He was laughing his ass off right it's, every syllable was beautiful to him yeah 
And yeah. so it was, it was a weird situation. And it fucked up, a, almost fucked up a taping. If she wasn't so great and professional, right. he could have fucked up Did a taping. Did she work around it? She uh, figured she, she, out how it to It was just, beautiful. Because she's like, great. It's like a pod race. Where she's just <laughs> sliding in between all the stalagmites and the stalactites. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty... It's, uh, she doesn't know. If, uh, Martha Kelly doesn't know that she's a Jedi. <laughs> She's a stand-up comedy Jedi. She, she's a wonderful soul. I really like her. Yeah, she's, she's a delight. But I mean, you know, people never know. Like I, you know, I'm doing sort of this uh, kind of I'm opening my set with this political kind of situation uh, because we are in a political situation, right. and I have seen some glaring, some mm. uh, out in the middle of the of nowhere, where uh, or in the city, what whatever. There's been some arm folding. There's some grump, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they're grumpy at me about the topic or if they're grumpy because they were hoping to get away from the topic. Right. And but it doesn't matter because uh, right. they're going to hear the jokes that I have written. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, you, you'll get that if you're saying something, and I and that's I mean, and that's the I guess a big part of my geekdom is like I always was a was a fan of the comics who are saying something because anybody. You can like, I mean, I love Brian Regan, dude. Brian Regan is is this side of a genius. When you look at how much stuff he has done, and you look at the beauty of what he does right. and his personality, it's awesome. And he is making points about the things that he he believes in, but they're just not these huge, you know. It's a lot of the times, not these huge world changing things. And the t- the times he does want want to talk about something huge and world changing, it's pretty well thought out. Right, he's every man is right. what he is exactly, and, and and he does it. It's so beautiful that yes. every man kind of it's just. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, but the people the people who are more in your face than that. Right. If you if you're a Stanhope and Patrice, you right. know. Fan. And, and, yeah. and even Chris Rock. And, even even and, Chris yeah. Rock. And uh, and even and Louis, even Bill Burr. I mean, yeah, they, these guys. I'm still in the all my guys that even the even my friends who I think are more populist than me. They'll like the cool fringe guys on the populist. That's right. how insulated I am in my echo chamber of underdogdom. Uh, my underdogdom wants Chad Daniels to be. Uh, I don't know if you know. Yeah, Chad no, Daniels, but do. Chad Daniels mm-hmm. should be should have Louis C.K. and Bill Burr and all of their careers mm-hmm. because uh, he's a goddamn delight. Well, there's people and, who think that and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to blow myself or you. But there's people who think that about myself and yourself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the, oh you know, I'm sure about, there's, about, there's, there's fans know. of both of, of everyone who yeah. are like, why aren't you famous? What? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you have a TV show? And I'm like, well, I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep writing jokes and keep going. And, right. uh, and it's going to be fine. Well, yeah, sometimes I do take that as like I, I got introduced one time. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. This is the worst <laughs> intro, but the best intro. He goes, um, this guy should have credits. <laughs> oh my god that is kind of that is kind of the greatest intro yeah yeah because we all know i mean i've got a close friend who could not buy a break if he had all the money in the world right the industry is not interested in him mm-hmm. and he writes one amazing like joke short you know all these things mm-hmm. everything he writes is there's there's a nugget of genius in it or it's full on full blown right what is happening right and why aren't you fit you know whatever but they see those are the guys though honestly in this i hope this to be prophetic but in my personal opinion my life in stand-up has been uh definitely that more of a comics comic sort of thing sure uh and uh i i used to uh, marlon wayans rolled up to me one time and he was like he saw me at like a mic or something and i did i did better than literally anybody else there but that doesn't really mean anything so so but i did you stood out yeah i stood out and i got off stage and i went to go just be a loser with the rest of the losers because we're all in the same place we're all and peer group (laughs) right and then marlon comes over and pulls me away from the group and starts talking to me and he goes there are people who are going to be stand-up stars and there's people who are going to be like mogul producer types and i get that you're doing stand-up i get it but I, but you just got to realize that some people are going to be like stars and stuff, and some people are just going to like be like the type of people who really have money. And I'm just saying, you know, but and it, and it was just like this indirect way of going. Eh, I don't really see you as somebody who's going to be a stand up big guy, but like if you really focus, you could get some money and be like a producer type or whatever. Right. And I took it as like, I mean, you might as well nail me to a cross and throw me in a fucking yeah. well or, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People watch a videotape and die seven <laughs> seven days later because of me yeah. type shit. I mean, it, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, and and I yeah. would have, I literally, I mean, there's nothing to do except for smile politely at that guy. Yeah. Go, okay. I see what you're saying. I had a woman, a producer woman who said to me, you know, when you figure out that you're gay, you're going <laughs> <you're gonna> to get <laughs> a lot more work. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and I wanted to go, 
Well, I understand. I think I see what you see. I know what you're seeing in me, but it'll be okay. I'm just going to keep going and doing what I want to do and never talk to you again. Oh, my God. That's fucking amazing. It's 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 amazing the things that people will just say, you know, and you're right. like, and see, and w- so why do I? So so you ask again, why do I love underdogs? Right, because <laughs> I mean, I who's a greater underdog dogs? than every stand-up comic, right? I mean, but it, it, it's like when you meet a guy like John Mulaney, who was born with a silver spoon up his ass, mm-hmm. and is <laughs> a very regular featured looking white guy, mm-hmm. right? And he's very fit, mm-hmm. and he's <laughs> and for stand-up comedy wise, he's very handsome, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and then. You're like, don't like him, don't like him, don't like him. And then he opens his mouth and you're like, oh, oh you're broken God, somewhere God. inside. Yeah. I don't know what happened. But Something it's happened working. to you that made you brilliant. Made I mean, you super somehow, funny. Like, like you you, you could have went Patrick Bateman, but you went this way. <laughs> right. And it's, a, and it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things, you know, because I like I – like, I, I always, I mean, I don't watch a lot of sports, but if I'm watching the sports, whoever's losing is who I'm rooting for. And now I know. I know it, it's, it's it's a it's almost a disease. It's <laughs> a, you're just like I I I think that that uh, it's it's I I have always called it anarchic socialism where I want everyone mm. to choose to share, right? And uh, no one is. Uh, that's not true, but uh, <laughs> but I do think that the sharing has to be legislated to some extent because right. a lot of people don't. Even though people are like, well, that's socialism. And I was like, and yet in preschool you teach your children to share, mm-hmm. so. You know that it's the right thing to do. Right. Why do you have to grow up and be uh, like Hearst? Well, There's I mean, no reason to be a dick in I, the end. I mean, realistically, about 70% conservatively, and that's my pull my number out of the ass, right. 70% of the world's problems are you, they, they train you to grow out of things that are fucking awesome. A sense of wonder, oh, a yeah. sense of fair play, sharing, play. All right. these things that you're supposed to evolve past that are awesome. Right. That's fucking oh us God. up. That's yeah, yeah. fucking us up as a whole species. Right, right. Oh, that's that. That is an excellent. Write that goddamn book. <laughs> write that self-help book. And, uh, and it'll be don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. Yeah. You know, and that'll that'll sell a million gajillion I, copies. I mean, and, but, and, and to really be to put a uh, point on it, I just. What Marlon said to me to harken back to it, it's probably going to come to pass. Recent events have showed me that he's not wrong. No, he's, he's he's definitely not wrong because of like the path that I've taken. I'm still doing stand up, and I'm but I'm doing it at my pace and for my expectations and for my enjoyment, right? Not as this. Oh God, let me put my fat ass up on the meat hook next to these filet mignons and shit, and decide to try to compete in the meat market. That's stupid. Right. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. <laughs> you, know, you know. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> yeah, uh, another classic underdog. You know, he, right. he does drugs because that's spinach. Come on, that's a metaphor. Come if on. I ever heard of one, yeah, he, he does drugs and he has his pipe. He even takes the drugs into his pipe. Come on, right? And then he beats the shit out of big people. I love it. Papa's right. my man. But all, all, all I'm saying is like I. I really think it's very possible that the first time I get on television could be a show that I created and sold. Right. And that would be so fucking amazing. And it would be literally be like something that was almost bequeathed at that moment when Hoboy was telling me that. Cause I, I gotta say it, it, that really made me think the reason why I came out here was to write. I saw so many black people, frankly, not trying to be a dickhead, but I saw so many black people trying to, fight each other to be in front of the camera and make the least money, have the least career longevity, have the least control over their careers. Just a race to the bottom. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to get cast, yeah, cast your own ass. And so, you know what I'm saying? Casting is, is wanting to get chosen by people who capriciously go like, look at that nose. Nope. Look, look, look at our left nostril. Nope. Right. Putting yourself in a situation like that is, is ridiculous. If you're actually talented. Hamilton. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 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 With Lin-Manuel Miranda ever be cast in a fucking real super giant Broadway show and a major fucking part. Nope. No. No. But he flipped it and bounced it and now they're blowing him. That's the thing. That's the that's the <laughs> trick. Right. That's the trick. You go Right. Yeah. And he stays a decent guy and mm-hmm. he doesn't 
He doesn't uh, he doesn't turn into a creep. Right. He doesn't turn into a dick. He, you know, I'm sure, like, I, I get to work with Brian Reagan, right? Like mm-hmm. three or four times a year, mm-hmm. he'll take me on the road with him. And I have never seen anyone, like, he's probably the most successful oh, comic that I oh work with, God. right? Like, I just did Carnegie Hall with him as a matter of fact. I mean, fact, in my mind, he's the most, in my mind, he's the most successful comedian, period, because of the fact that that I've been to Brian Regan shows. I'm a huge fan. And I've I've sat like five rows deep at a Brian Regan show and looked at Brian Regan do a giant theater with just people way in the rafters, people yep. way the fuck over here, people way the fuck over there. And I don't even look at him. I'll look at the audience because as a comedian, you know, right. we're, 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 we're magicians. We think we're magicians too. So it's like, ah, la, ah I see he's going to see. Yeah. yeah. And so I want to see the reaction. Yeah. I look at the reaction of a bunch of people getting something. That's beautifully worded and yep. so simple and quick. And then laughing at every tag for the next 10 minutes on yeah. the same thing. And I'm just humbled. And it's like church. It's it's the best. It's it's a, the best. The reason I... I and everybody it. in there is there because he's funny, not because they saw him on TV necessarily. Because until recently, he wasn't even on television That's what I'm that saying. Much. So that's why I think so, he's the single most uh, successful comedian I know of. Right. Because and of so, that. And what I think is 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 what I've felt with him, and I've said it before, is that I've never seen anybody work as hard as him to be a decent guy. He makes sure that he that he meets everyone, and you can tell that because he's on the road so much, he's tired. Yeah, he's tired, and he wants things the way he wants things because that we all turn into the accidental tourists. <laughs> like I want my, I just need there to be a bathtub and quiet and i need to chill and reread this book for the billionth time Mm -hmm. and that's whatever his of that is you could see it simmering underneath Mm -hmm. but he literally makes the effort to be that uh to make sure he's polite to everybody which is Mm -hmm. why like of his of i i've I've worked with last three or four years i can't remember but i've seen two hours of his act now right Mm -hmm. in this amount of time and uh at least 40 minutes of it is about courtesy it's entirely about how you have to be polite in line. Mm-hmm. You have to be a decent human being with your friends and family and neighbors. And the, and he, I, th- that's why, like, um, I, I, I asked him uh, uh, something about, I, I sent him an article about some political comedy or something. And he goes, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do political comedy. And I was like, you already do political comedy. Oh, but, but yeah, it's sociopolitical. It isn't. I mean, I don't even mention Donald Trump's name on stage. Well, yeah, no. I mean? I mean, I think there's. I've, I've always considered myself a political comic, but I've never talked about the process because I think once. Oh man, I might be on a roll today, but once it gets time for it to be processed, it's already too late because we've already formed these bullshit tribes around some issue. By the yeah. time it gets to process and and all this this this, we're about to vote on some shit. It's already too late. We need to we needed to workshop that bit way before <laughs> Carnegie Hall. Right. You know, we needed to get our, our, our shit in order before we started talking on that level. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Most and of the so, time. Right. And if you want if you're gonna fix something that's already canon, right? Like if, right. if it is if or if if it's already been etched into the stone, mm-hmm. you gotta knock the stone over. Right. And then Which is another which is, underdog thing. I'm not trying to be yeah. the classic male feminist that gets busted later for beating his girl up or raping or whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to be that dude, but well, please but, do not be that. Dude. Yeah, that's, no, that's horrible, dude. It's like I'm just going to be a, some sort of vegan feminist, and then we find out later that I'm I just eating steaks keep... and doing rapes. I, I'm, I'm, that's so bad. <laughs> and yet it rhymes. It rhymes. So bad. That's so sorry. It's pretty creepy. <laughs> but, Go. But all I'm saying is, uh, I've always been able to in my whole life. I've never been that guy who looked at girls and said girls or women uh, that, uh, you know what? You're just whack on GP, just on general principle, you're whack. And if I can't use you for something uh, physical or whatever, or, 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 or or even to like look cool in front of people, then you're useless. I never had that attitude ever. And my whole life I've been able to make really good friendships with women. And some people would say it's because I'm such a beta cuck and I can't fuck them and stuff. But straight up, when you're seen around a bunch of... But you get to fuck other people. Exactly. When you're seen around a bunch of cool chicks that are hot and cool and whatever the fuck they're going to be and interesting, 
God damn it, interesting. Yeah. You get laid because yeah. other women say, "Look at that. This guy's fucking. He's not a raper. He's he's, he's obviously got some charisma. He's got a he's got the, women the around." The bar him. is first of all not that high, and, <laughs> but it's but it's it's like uh, my my brother Russ was talking to his sons, fifteen and seventeen at the time. He said, <laughs> and they were all they were just in their heads. They were like, "We don't have girlfriends, and mm. we're kind of screwed." And Russ was my brother. Russ, he said, "He goes, look at me." There's going to be plenty of sex. I've had sex. And it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. And my dad, who is sitting there, of course, is like, and you can't force the sale. That is the best anti-sexual assault like, ad I've ever heard in my life. It's such a classic alienation. You force the sale, you're not going to be able to sell to a friend. Which yeah. is, of course, my father being a jackass in the next, the very next the, sentence. Hey, that, that's I, 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 first yeah. sentence. You're a genius. Second sentence. <laughs> You kept talking, didn't you? Yeah, didn't you? yeah. Inside your head voice, pop. No, it's like, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm real woke about bitches' plight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right. I right. mean, it, it's, but the thing, and, and I, you know, and I have, I have, I have this bit about how there's 98% of the men on the planet are fine. You know, I mean, 33% are lemmings and they'll just like let shit happen. But that's 33% of people. Right. I've let all kinds of bullshit happen I mean, look around at the, me. Look at the Nazis, the social justice warriors and the other side. I right. love to talk the, about the Nazis Nazi all day. sympathizers but they, you are know, real. It's inexorable. Yeah. The, the, the tide of something, which is why that's why I said earlier, when you get to time to legislate, They've already there's already factions like a motherfucker, and that's yeah. already a war yeah. that will once if you get this bill passed, it's going to get struck down the next time. If you get that one passed, it'll be repealed this next time and put back in. Oh. Yeah, it's a fight then. Yeah, it's too yeah. late. It's well, but you got to fight. I mean, there's, you got you got to fight. You definitely got to no, fight. That's true. There's no sitting around. No, I, mean, I agree with that. I'm not definitely not. Daredevil would do. Yeah. That. So. <laughs> uh, Ed Greer, I have to say that it has been an hour and uh, awesome. it's been a delight. We've barely scratched the surface. I knew it would be so. I know oh, it, it was so. it was super awesome. We'll I think do it we again. About a and lot we got to get stuff. Ron Swallow on next time. Uh, and we're, you guys do a pod called Nerd Goat Podcast. Nerd Goat Podcast. And your Twitter is at Ed Greer uh, Destroys. And also they can look for me on Instagram and Deviant Art as well to check out my art. Oh, That's neat! It. There you go. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. You know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?